Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And as usual, we have another amazing show today. And our guest is Eric Chester, author, speaker, and a specialist on hiring the right people for the right job, especially in today's tough environment. And why I feel this is important is as we talk about customer service and experience, if you don't have the right people on the bus, you are in trouble because there's no way you can create the experience you want without people that are in alignment. So how do you get those best people? Now, before we get into the show, a couple things. You know that if you've got a story or a question that you'd like to ask me, all you need to do is show up on my social media channels You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And remember to use the hashtag AskShep where I'll answer the question either right there or bring it into the show or I'll bring it on to my Be Amazing or Go Home TV show, which is available uh, on Amazon Prime, Roku, uh, C-Suite TV, Apple TV, whole lots of other, even on YouTube. You can get it on YouTube. And by the way, Eric Chester was an amazing guest for the next episode that'll be coming out in just a couple of weeks. So with that in mind, I wanna introduce to you the guru of hiring. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome Eric Chester. Hello, hey, Eric. Hey, Shep. That, what, a, what a great, great introduction. Thank you so much for having me, man. Well, you know, I have been a fan of yours for many years. I have been on many programs with you. Uh, and actually, I've got to tell you, uh, for the fans that are out there of Eric and the, the people that listen to our show here, I've got to tell you a funny story. Eric and I left the TV studio last week. And by the way, Eric's new book, which is titled uh, Fully Staffed, is coming out Gosh, uh, in just a few weeks, if you're listening to this episode, it's right about the time you're listening to it is when the book is coming out. You should, if, if hiring the right people is important, you should do that. But we did a short interview on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. And after the show, uh, I realized, or Eric realized, hey, I left my computer in the studio. So we went back and picked up the computer. And then the next day, uh, we, or, or that night, we went to the hockey game together and he had to go back to his car to get some, our car to get something. The next day, he calls me from the airport. Hey, I left my jacket in your car. And I see this pattern emerging. <laughs> I'm a loser, Shep. No, no, I no, lose no. everything, you, man. You, so I remember we did a program together in Las Vegas. You got to the airport. And I believe you said, I left my wallet in the cab. And I'm thinking yep. every time I'm around. And how many times has that happened? Like, how many times has it not happened? <laughs> my mom my mom still pins my gloves to my coat, brother. I tell you, I have a problem. I leave stuff behind. I'm just messy-minded. Yeah, it's funny. Anyway, I throw that out that, you know, it's a lot of fun. But let's jump into this. There's a labor shortage out there. And I know that one of the things that we had talked about uh, on our TV show is that we are in a, and to use your words, a bustling economy. And because of that, there's a, a low, low uh, employment rate, which creates a real problem for some people to remain fully staffed. And I know a lot of the clients you work with are in the franchise world, lots of chains of different types of businesses, retail, restaurants, hospitality, but really it's for anybody in any type of business. So what's going on there with the economy, the labor shortage, how does all this work? 
Well, first of all, Shep, it, it's not just an American problem. It's not a U.S. problem. It's a global problem. It's not just with young workers. It's with all workers. It's changing demographic. You know, the 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 bad news of a of a of a good economy is that people are harder to find. The balance of power shifts. If you think back to you know, if if you're not old enough, then you've probably heard stories. The Great Depression, when you had everybody was looking for a job. Everyone was out of work. And if you put up a now hiring sign, I mean, my, my dad would tell me signs. If there was any kind of a, a mutter of anyone hiring, there'd be hundreds and hundreds of candidates. And, you know, you had to be just really on your game to even get, you know, a chance. And if you, if you didn't, uh, you know, if you didn't get the job, you'd probably sleep in a doorway that night. I mean, there was that kind of an economy. Well, here, everything switched. Now the uh, the hunted have uh, the hunters have become the hunted, and many employers tell me, God, when I go when I have these job interviews, I'm not interviewing them; they're interviewing me. So it's it's crazy hard in this day and age, and it will be for quite some time to find and keep great employees. And that's what anybody who is called boss by somebody else realizes how true that statement is yeah i could it's difficult i know that uh i remember my daughter went to new york a few years ago and uh, uh, she'd walk around and 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 and, the, and by the way unemployment was getting lower and lower and it was harder to find good people and i remember she said i showed up on a saturday i put my stuff in my apartment that she had no idea really she'd never been there she found it on uh uh, Craigslist and she showed on Sunday I walked around and I wrote down all the places that had help wanted signs every one of them were looking for good people and uh, good people were hard to find because the unemployment rate had gotten by the way she wrote about it on Sunday Monday she went and put in applications and on Tuesday she had multiple job offers please come and work for me I need a good person and right. she was perfect because it wasn't like she couldn't get a job. No, she just landed in town and was looking for a job and she's very qualified. But those are few and far between. Uh, I think today, somebody that doesn't have a job because they keep getting let go and they have a churning resume, that's not the kind of person that a lot of people want to hire, but sometimes they feel forced. You've got alternative solutions to that out of this book. Well, first, you know, think about it, okay? Everyone's looking for a good person. As you keep saying, you know, they want a good employee. They want a good employee. Well, what happens if you don't get a good employee? Now, all of a sudden, you've got that proverbial, you know, someone who can just fog a mirror. And in that situation, now what? What suffers the most? The answer, customer service. Right, customer That's service and, and, and morale on the internal side when somebody's just dragging everybody down. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Nobody wants to work with a slough. Nobody wants to sit here and go, I go in and I bust my hump every day. And there's somebody at the end, uh, end of the line, whatever that might be, who's not doing their share or who's making us look bad. And so it does dramatically impact the morale of the other employees. Everybody wants to work around superstars. They want to work around people who are really good because it just makes them better. It's more enjoyable to come to work. Somebody knows what they're doing. How often do we hear, oh God, that was so-and-so. They don't even know what they're doing. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And somebody's apologizing for someone else on their staff. Jeff, it's all too frequent. So yes, we're in this, you know, the good news, okay, economy's bustling. Bad news, 
man, it's hard to find people. And that's why I spent so long, so many years writing this book because I wanted to find the best tactics, the best strategies. Everyone knows there's a labor shortage. Now people are just going, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So let's, I want to talk about the book. It's titled Fully Staffed, The Definitive Guide to Finding and Keeping Great Employees in the Worst Labor Market Ever. But before we get there, your background, people need to know that, you know, you said you spent years writing this. We've been waiting for the perfect storm. Your background, em employing Generation Y, getting them to give a damn, uh, reviving work ethic, on fire at work. You're not new to the world of creating you know, great employment, getting the best people for the job, keeping people fired up and motivated. This is what your passion has been for how many years now? Well, it'd probably be 20, Shep. I was a, you know, I'm a former teacher and coach turned motivational speaker for teenagers. I spent about 11 years standing in gymnasiums, talking to high school kids, trying to get them to figure out how, or answer the question, how do I get from here to there when I don't even know where there is? So it was trying to break down the science of what a career really is and what does it take to get into one that you really like? Well, I started hearing from companies and organizations back around, you know, around the turn of the century saying, we hire a lot of young people. Can you come in and help us? So I became fascinated with generational research. One thing led to another. I wrote the very first book ever for managers on this new generation, one that I called Generation Y, W-H-Y, as in why do I have to do what you want me to do? Why do I have to show up for work on, on weekends? Uh, you know, and I've been here for three days. Why can't I have your job? And that book seemed to resonate. And so as a result, I wound up doing a lot of work with companies and organizations that rely on young people and going to those kinds of events, Shep, like you and I cross paths, I began to gather the best practice ideas. What is it that these great employers, these amazing cultures, what are they doing different? And so when I, when I found those kinds of tactics and ideas, I'd put them together and I'd write a book. So one after another, these books came out. Well, now I've been fascinated by what are the best doing when it comes to hiring, finding, and, and keeping great people. So that was the mission. I always start by writing a title page first. This is going to be it. So what does it take to make this cover come true? And the cover, fully staffed, the definitive guide to finding and keeping great people in the worst labor market ever. How am I going to write that? Where am I going to go get my stuff? And the stories just poured in the examples. And, and that's what I'm so proud of. Right. And, and you should be. It's a great book and it's spot on. And by the way, if you love Eric's energy and his uh, articulation and his clarity around what we're talking about, it comes through in the book. When we come back after a break, I want to start talking about what's in the book and get some tips. Before we do that, I just want to make a statement. You defined the young people from Generation Y, W-H-Y. And it sounds an awful lot like the young people today that people make fun of. And by the way, I hate that they do because it's not always true. My daughters are millennials. And you know what? They don't act the way the stereotypical millennial does. But what you described was stereotypical millennial behavior. You know, when do I get my first vacation? I've got to be here at what time? Why can't I have your job? You wrote this book in 2001, almost 20 years ago, before the word millennial had ever been invented. That's correct, Shep. Dead on. And, and, it was, and it wasn't, I wasn't putting those characterizations to them. I was listening to what other people were saying and trying to get behind why. Okay, so if, if they are, quote, entitled, what does that mean? 
And if they are, why? And that's what spelled it out. Because as you know, Shep, and you've said many times, prescription prior to diagnosis, it's malpractice. Malpractice. You gotta know why. And if you understand why they are the way they are, then you stop blaming them and you realize they're a product of us. We created this and there's there's good, there's bad, that, that they're not better than we are, they're not worse than we are, they're just different. And if you understand those differences, like your daughters, you can maximize, get great productivity and help them get where they wanna go. Yep, yep. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about specifically ideas in the book that will help you find the best people and even keep the best people. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Eric Chester, author of Fully Staffed, Don't go away. We're coming right back. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Eric Chester about his new book, Fully Staffed. I want to jump into the book. Uh, I want to talk about what's in the book. You have this concept, stop fishing and start hunting. Talk to us about what that means. Well, back in the day, Shep, you could just put up a help wanted sign and, you know, you'd have your Opie <laughs> walk in. Opie, the, the the fictional character for Andy of Mayberry, you know, the... the I remember that show. I love yeah, that show. Right, right. Well, remember when, when Opie turned all of a sudden 16, he wants to have a... Uh, or 14, excuse me, he wants to have a guitar. His dad isn't going to buy him a guitar, says you need to go work and earn it on your own. He sees a help wanted sign in the window of Mr. Crawford's corner drugstore, and he rushes in to apply for the job. His dad puts in a good word for him. The next thing you know, Opie's got a job. He is the prototype perfect employer, employee. He does everything perfect. He's trustworthy. He's honest. He runs to and from work. He does all the, it's like, okay, we all remember ourselves as a version of Opie. We remember when we got our first job and that manager walked us around the premise and said, hey, just keep your nose to the grindstone, do what I tell you, and someday all this and more can be yours. And oftentimes we go, well, that's all it takes. So we remember back when, hey, to get a job was a banner of honor. You know, it was like your, your rite of passage. And so you'd work hard and you'd go out and get a job and then you really wanted to do your best. I'm not saying that isn't the case. Everybody wants to do their best. But as we've mentioned, the hunted have become the hunters and now they know they're in demand. And so just hanging a help wanted sign or posting a job ad on a, on a job board, whether it's Craigslist or Indeed or Monster, any of these others, it's not going to yield the result you need. That's called fishing. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw my bait out there on the end of a pole and hope that a prize winning bass is gonna jump into my boat. That Opie, I'm gonna win that. 
That doesn't happen anymore. So nope. I say stop fishing and start hunting. Hunting says, I know exactly what I'm going for and I am not going to, you know, settle for anything less. A hunter isn't going to go into the forest and go, gee, some, I'm, I'm going to shoot something today. I don't care whether it's a, whether it's a deer, an antelope, a, a bear, a crawdad. A, How is it a, they always have that accent? I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> they really don't. I mean, they're, I probably, they're so sophisticated. But you get the idea. A hunter says, I know what I'm looking for, and I'm not going to settle for anything less. So when I say start hunting, you got to realize, A, there is a certain demographic. There's a certain uh, profile that fits each and every position in my organization. What is my organization all about? What positions am I trying to fill? What does that really look like? And if I filled that position previously, and, and odds are I have, who was the perfect candidate? Where did I find him? What, did, how did I, what, what questions did I ask him in the interview? How did they come across? How, where, do, where do they live? Where do they study? What, what, what kind of classes or what kind of special activities were they in? Because if you go back to those quote hunting grounds, you're going to find others that fit that description. So hunting is very intentional. Fishing is just, boy, I hope somebody walks in here today and applies for this job. Yep. And it's not fishing when the fish jump in the boat on their own. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's the way it used to be. It used yep. to be unemployment was lower. I mean, it was higher. And it's like people who were really good and qualified couldn't get a job. You know, uh, it's, it's lucky, you know. And by the way, I, I want to digress for a moment. You mentioned Indeed, Monster, uh, Craigslist. If you're going to post on any of those platforms do you have a preference or is does one do better for others because i know it really depends on the position chef mm -hmm. i mean you know you're not going to hire an executive for your organization on craigslist right but odds are you're not going to go monster.com to find you know uh to find a, a gardener right you're probably going to look somewhere else so each of those preferences each of those uh job boards they have pros and cons. There's a lot that I didn't even mention. I mean, if you're looking just to hire part-time young people, snag a job. It's kind of where they go. Snagajob.com is, is a great source and will really help you. So there's, there's a variety of different platforms and I go over some of them in the book. The reality is you, you can't, no matter how many jobs you're posting out there, you're still fishing. You're still just throwing out something in the river. It, when you are a, a hunter, you go, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to get out and I'm going to do a number of the other things that I talk about in the 12 substantive chapters in the book that are really how to, how do you hang a help wanted sign in today's day and age? How do you hunt for students or retirees or military or ex-cons or people with special needs or what all these different hunting grounds, where do I go and how do I make that work for me? All right, so let's let's take some tips from the book. Uh, go ahead and if I said Eric, top three tips. Go okay, if you if you go a, a tip first, we've already talked about just the just the decision. I'm not content. I'm not going to sit here and keep advertising job openings. I'll do that, but that's one small part of my hiring philosophy. I am going to be intentional. So you know, tip number one. Research your present workforce. Who have been the best employees, your dreams in each position. Find those things and then stop for a moment and study them. Where did they come from? How did I find them? What makes them great? What do they do when they're not here? What, was, what made them so powerful? 
people like to associate with other people that are like them. So if you found Jason and Jason is knocking it dead for you, just amazing. You would, you, 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 the worst day in your life is when Jason turns in his notice. Learn everything you can about Jason. And then Jason- uh, He's the prototype. Things. Yes, exactly. And, and, and go back to that lab and, and figure that out. So number one, know what you're looking for. Don't be content with just saying, you know, anybody that will come in here and do this job, find somebody special, really define who that is. It's easier to be pickier than it is to be a generalist and say, well, I'll just hire anyone and I'll just teach them how to do this. I'll just teach them how to answer the phones or teach them how to sell in aisle 13 or whatever that is. Be very intentional. Number two tip is once you figure out these people, then look and expand your search, your proactive search. So I've just mentioned some areas that you may not have thought of, some of these hunting grounds. Have you ever thought about hiring students? Well, how do you do that? Wait till a student walks in. The, what I discuss in the book is here's exactly what you need to do. You need to know the schools, the institutions that are geographically convenient to where your business is. So again, if you're, if you're all over, or if you don't mind if somebody's virtual, then that really doesn't matter. But if you have a specific location, then you turn around and go, I not only need to know where the closest high schools, colleges, technical skill, uh, technical schools, you know, proprietary trade schools, whatever that might be. I, I need to know someone in those schools. I need to form a relationship so that when I'm looking for somebody, I can with intent go in and I have a contact and I can say, I need someone to work these hours, these days, this is the description, this is what I'm looking for. So you go in with intent. Those people, the instructors, the teachers, the, the, the professors, whoever it is, they know the habits of the students. They know whether someone shows up, whether they're prepared, whether, you know, how hard they work. They know a lot more about them than you'd think. And, and being a former career and tech ed teacher, uh, it was my job. I knew my students. But let me throw out one of the additional tip here that's really important, and I will call it a sub tip of number two. And that is, you can't just go in and go, I need something from you. The best strategy I can give you is do something for them first, regardless of what your business is. Think of how can I partner with this school, this institution? If I'm a restaurant, can I invite somebody in for a meal? Can I offer to cater a, a, a teacher's luncheon or you know, a, a private event, something that they're doing so that they look at me and go, wow. That guy did a lot or that, that restaurateur did a lot. If you're you know, in a retail business, what can I do here? Even if it's I volunteer to come in and speak for your class for a day, to, 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 to teach them a little bit about this career, this job. I'm saying number one, whoever, whatever schools you plan to go hunt, make sure that you're a resource for that school, that teacher, that connector, that instructor, that guidance counselor, that they can depend upon you for something and they go, wow, I know them then it's a lot easier to go back and say, here's what I'm looking for. They'll send you the top students. Right. So, so can, you're basically saying it's a law of, of reciprocal or, you know, reciprocity. Exactly. Uh, do, do something for them that makes them say, wow, oh, I know a couple of students that would be great for you. Precisely. And, yep. and, 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 and let me throw out one other thing because you asked sure. first and then mm -hmm. we can go back if you want. Uh, we, we talked about students and that naturally you think students typically are younger. Well, now let's go to the opposite end of the equation. Look how many people are retiring, Shep. I mean, there are 10,000 baby boomers retiring each and every day. Sadly, the average 
social security check is $1,400 a month. Do you know there's a lot of very qualified retirees who don't have enough to retire on. The statistics will just shock you. And they're looking for opportunities, whether that's part-time or full-time. These individuals are great bets to bring back into your organization. Many of them are looking for a twilight career, or at least they can invest 10, 15, 20 years still working for a company organization and add a whole lot of value, right. a whole lot of right. experience. And you know, then- I go to the hardware store and I've got a question about you know installing a light switch or whatever. You know who I look for? The old guy. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's I, the retired electrician. Precise. You know. and, and you know what? Maybe that electrician doesn't need the money. Maybe they got plenty. You know why they're working? Because they want to add value. And they love it. And, it's, and, love and it gives them self-worth. Self. There's a lot of good people out there that are exactly what you described. What about higher end? Uh, I realize executives, you're probably going to recruiters and and you know, putting it out there and trying to, to pull people away. But at a higher level, um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do, Shep. Um, you know, I, I, it may seem like to some of your listeners, like this is just part-timers or what have you. The rules don't change. They really don't. You know what I learned from being a teacher and working with so many different uh, students, you know, being at 1,500 different high schools and colleges, and then now working in the corporate realm, is that we, we all get older, but we never graduate. High school, the mentality is the same, the peer pressure. We go to a cocktail party. We wonder what is everybody else drinking? What is everybody else doing? We still have that mentality. Well, let me tell you something. The rules don't change even for executives. So what that means is if, we're, if, if we want to be fully staffed, we want the right people, not just people looking for, hey, I want to throw that that uh, that thing on my resume for a couple of years, or boy, I really wanted a job with Acme, but the only one I can get now is with Delta Company. So what we want to do is we want to find people who are really committed to our cause, to our purpose, etc. So yes, this book has a lot of crossover because if it really works in hiring the most demanding people, even for unsexy jobs, what strategies and ideas can I use? Can I leverage to hire? higher end executives. And I'm not going to say this is a book designed for executive search because it's not. It is a very clearly defined market. It is finding people who tend to be more on the front lines of your business, whether that be doing the manual labor type jobs or what it's, it's, it's that the, 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 the workforce, the work engine that drives your company and your organization. But these ideas will translate they are still very effective in hiring for those critical positions where you need people who you know are going to stay with you for a while in management and in leadership positions. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. Now we're running out of time. I usually ask the one thing question and I leave it open to whatever you want to share with me of what you think the most valuable tip you'd like to leave. But I'm gonna actually push you in a direction. And okay. that is uh, one great idea from the book that will ensure that the new employee sticks around and you start to reduce your turnover as, a, it, it, you know, as opposed to some of these companies. They're just, there's so much churn. Any ideas there? That would be my, like, if you could give me like one great nugget, that's one that I think everybody would love. Well, it's, it's going to sound like it's too big to grab a hold of, but I want you to think about this. 
let's say I gave you um, idea after idea after idea about recruiting and you're going, wow, the recruiting, I'm getting a ton of, of uh, you know, I hate to use fish in my boat, but let's just say that's what happens, right? Where we're, we got tons of application and application flow is great, but we have a big turnover problem. Well, why are people leaving? Well, people are leaving because we don't, haven't quite figured out our turnover problem. So what I strongly say is none of this is going to work unless you remember it starts with being a great place to work, a great place to work, not just a place that you think, wow, this is a great place to work. Are you serving? We, we survey our customers all the time. Heck, that's what service and being an amazing uh, service culture is all about, surveying and figuring out how do we better meet the needs of our customers? Well, here's the thing. When is the last time you really surveyed, talked to, and got the truth out of your employees? Yeah. Three simple questions that every person listening to this that has anyone that calls them boss needs to ask their people on, a, if not a weekly basis, at least a monthly basis. Three simple questions. What do you like work? What do you like about working here? What don't you like about working here? And if we switch places or you just work, could, could, could have had a magic wand and could make one change to make this a better place to work. What would that change be? And you ask those questions, not with a, Hey, wait, we can't do that. Or, Hey, I did. I already, we just shut up and listen. Yep. Because if you ask, if you ASK, you will GET, you'll get information that will totally change you. You'll find out things you never knew before. So yes, we need to not only ask those questions in an exit interview, and I am shocked at how few companies really practice that. We spent a fortune bringing this person in, we've trained them, and now all of a sudden they're leaving. Do you know why? Pay them. Say, I will give you a day salary, a week salary, if you just are honest with me. What could I have done better? What could we do to have kept you? Because if you're waiting to the very last moment to ask them, what do you need? And they say, well, I need more money. It, 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 that's not a retention strategy. That's just negotiation. A retention strategy says we need to improve our workplace. So if you ask me, if, if, if listeners today only gathered one idea, understand this. It starts with being a great place to work. And you have to work on that every single day. You're not as good as you were yesterday. Hopefully, you're going to be better, a better employer tomorrow. And if you're not, you're standing still and you're going to get run over. So wow. just every day, what am I doing? How can I improve my workplace here? How can I make sure that everybody goes home and goes, I can't believe I get to do this. That's the goal no matter what kind of business, no matter what kind of organization. So that's what I, now I give lots of uh, examples in the book, but you get it yep. without even reading the book. What am I doing today to make this a Pretty simple. Place? That's and, it. Yep. And that, I'm glad I asked the one thing question the way I asked it today, because that is a huge takeaway. The book is titled Fully Staffed. And again, the subtitle I think it sums it up pretty well. The definitive guide to finding and keeping great employees in the worst labor market ever. It's Eric Chester's book. It is worth the price of admission. A very low price, by the way, for such an incredible book. Thanks, Eric, for being on the show, man. You are awesome. And I appreciate you not only for your wisdom, but for your friendship as well. Thanks, Shep. Always a fan of yours, buddy. I appreciate we had a chance to hook up today. 
All right, man. Thanks. And everybody, another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Can you see why we call it amazing? By the way, did you notice Eric is the guy that's like batteries included type of personality. He's like the energizer bunny. We just wound him up and let him go. (laughs) We could have gone on for another hour and a half, two hours. We may have to bring it back, Eric. So thanks for coming out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next week, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.